Live from NYC, human suplex machine, the one and only king. They stream it and they scream. It's the Taz Show. Everybody hacking. Everybody just wants more of the action. Hip Hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out. It's all he's asking. Over like Rover. He keeps it real. He's no joker. Original. He's no poser. No competition. He's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer. Cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, welcome to a non-live edition of the Taz Show. Yes, um, as you guys know, big, heavy, crazy snowstorm has kind of crippled uh, the Northeast, especially New York. So, state of emergency type road situation, uh, over a foot of snow, uh, just not good. So, uh, by the time you hear this, that'll happen anyway. As I'm recording it, it's just starting to snow now. But regardless, enough of the weather report. Welcome to the Taz Show. Uh, yeah, no, there's no phone number to call. This is not live. So usually I would say a uh, very simple process. And you would hear my man Gene Oakland. Uh, well, that's not happening on this one. <laughs> so um, I'm going to talk about Raw. I figured let me drop a podcast for you guys, for those that listen to Monday's edition of the live show. Um, you know, you heard me talking about that I would do this. At least so... You guys have some audio from yours truly, because uh, we could not uh, get the show rocking and rolling in the city and get the show done live. Um, uh, so that's the deal on that. Uh, also, some house cleaning stuff before I get talking about Raw, which uh, basically the show itself was kind of whatever, but the end was awesome. Anyway, house cleaning Jones. So March Madness, uh, as you guys know, we got the uh, gimmick bracket. For the uh, for the Taz show, I think I I don't remember what Dennis is calling it. Something uh, I don't know, Final Four Jones or whatever the hell it's called. But if you go to the uh, Taz show Twitter account, that um, that will I think on there pinned on there I believe, or at least one of the last tweets from there is the uh, link to the CBS Sports link to our bracket that you guys can join and play along. Here's the gimmick, though. you got to download the app first or go onto the website and create an account, with just like an email address and a name, and then go to that link. And it's also early in my Twitter feed, too. You'll find it. And just and then you'll, you could get right into our uh, gimmick, and then you create your own bracket for the uh, NCAA basketball, you know, D1 and all that stuff. And let's be honest, I'm going to win this thing. Uh, I'm a beast, and it's just I'm that good. So uh, I'm probably doing the job real early. Who am I kidding? So anyway, that's the deal. Also, obviously, Tuesday um, right now. So Tuesday edition, usually we have Mike Johnson with um, the PW Inside Report. That's obviously not happening. But Mike will be on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday live show. As long as we all can get in the studio, uh, you know, Mike Johnson will be on the show. So we'll do a PW Inside Report on Wednesday. Okay, enough of that. Whew, what an ending to Raw. Uh, basically the whole show, in my opinion, wasn't really that good, kind of sucked, but good gosh, they, they, they finished with a bang, they finished with a touchdown, a home run, a, a goal, whatever you want to call it, I mean, the whole thread throughout the show was, Stephanie was giving Mick Foley, telling him, listen, I want someone fired, someone from the Raw roster has to be fired, and so many of you all, and I was sitting at home watching, thinking the same thing. We're all under the assumption, a lot of us, that Mick was going to be the guy to fire himself and say, I'm out. I'm done. Thanks for coming. Take it easy. And Mick, he cuts his promo in the ring while Stephanie's in there. 
And as I'm hearing him cut the promos right before he's about to fire whoever, he says uh, something that just had everybody like, uh oh, wait a minute, including me, where he said, this will make Raw better or whatever, something like that. It'll make him, he said, Mick Foley a better GM. I think that was the line. I can't remember. Something in that vein. He fired Stephanie, which was just shocking. And then Stephanie got pissed. And then Mick cut a great promo on Stephanie. Stephanie's reaction was excellent. Um, that whole deal was really strong. And then it got even stronger. Because then Triple H comes out and got got this crazy reaction. And then Triple H and Mick had great interaction, which was tremendous. Uh, tremendous work by two pros, two veterans, no doubt. Two made guys, household names. And it was... It was the bee's knees, dude, as the kids are saying, right? This shit was great. I mean, I got to tell you, it was good. <laughs> so, um, and it got even heavier at that point because then, you know, Triple H started saying some heavy stuff. Hey, you know, you think you want to act like a tough guy because, you know, Mick got in, in Hunter's face basically saying, I don't have to act like I like you like everybody else around here does, all this kind of stuff. And then Hunter got even madder. Stephanie was standing there like she wanted to rip his eyes out. Um... And then Triple H went to that spot of saying, hey, your daughter Noelle, she wants to be a WWE superstar. And your son Dewey, well, he works back at the office in Stanford. Shoot Jones, right? Some some kayfabe uh, type of info, as they're saying, you know, writer, uh, writing team Jones type thing. So um, that just goes to show that, hey, so much for placating to the casual fans, you know? So most, <laughs> I would say all the casual fans are like, what? Who's Dewey? And, well, okay, he's Mick's son. Why is he working Stanford? Was he, what's in Stanford? You know, like, <laughs> so um, most most folks got it that are, that are regular fans or, or, you know, follow the wrestling industry on the internets, as they call it. So they got it, and you could hear some oohs, oh, wow, ooh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it was deep, man. It was a heavy, heavy, stiff promo. And basically then, uh, you know, Triple H knew he had – he had uh, Mick right by the nuts, and he just said, you know, get your ass back up that ramp and realize that your apology or whatever the heck he said. He just punked out, you know, Mick, and you can see Mick was dejected. He sells that Willie Loman head down Jones misery very well. And uh, sorry, Sap City, and he's in the corner. Stephanie's like, yeah, the rest of you people, she's looking to the hard camera. You people go to work, and you thank your boss that you got a gig. Tell you what, if Dennis Jones was here, I'd I'd play the loop of that promo by Stephanie because that's what Dennis needs to know. That bum lumberjack, <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. I'll bury him. I kid. Um, and I digress. So uh, Mick hung out in the corner, standing there, and then Triple H spots him still hanging. He's like, "Get your ass out of the ring, whatever." It was awesome what they did. See, like a little subtle thing here, where Stephanie was on the mic. Speaking towards the hard camera, and then Hunter was yelling without a mic across the ring. It seemed real. They did real the right way finally. <laughs> so it was good. He goes over to Mick, goes to spin him around. Sako makes its debut here, or reappearance, I should say. Sticks the Sako in Hunter's mouth, and then Steph, the place goes crazy. And then Stephanie nutshots um, Mick. I, I thought the Sako gimmick could have been on Hunter a little longer. I think the nutshot came a little too early. I think that that to kill that shine that early, uh, not the end of the world. No one's going to think of that, you know, by the time this thing's said and done. 
Um, just a little uh, little nitpick and stuff that I, I picked up on. I would have waited, you know, maybe another 10 seconds before I nut shot him. Um, believe it or not, that 10 seconds makes a big difference in how high, this is some real inside education here, so how high the audience crescendos up, and then there's a certain time you want to get them to get the heat back. And I think Stephanie was just a little early, or whoever's cue she followed. Regardless, it still was a great, great angle. Uh, and that was just that was just half of it. Because, uh, you know, as Triple H now is rolling up his sleeve and going to beat the ass of Mick, I'm saying I'm writing notes for myself, and I'm writing a note, Seth Rollins, safe. And within like three seconds, his music hit. So <laughs> I might not be the only one who knew he was coming out once that happened. And sure enough, he came out on the crutch, selling, working a knee injury, and then it was slow. You know, he took the, the, the uh, cane, I mean, uh, crutch, held it in the air and said, uh, uh, I'm good to go, and uh, threw it down, and they just went at it. And uh, fist fight, fist fight, fist fight. And it was good stuff back and forth, and it looked as if, they were going to leave with the babyface shine with, uh, you know, uh, Seth standing tall. Then it was like a, a downtime, and then, you know, Triple H picks up the crutch, looks at it. It was really awkward. It was weird. I, I, I you know, I, it seemed okay. It just seemed like, I, you know, it makes it's like take two type thing. And then uh, Triple H gets the ring, and, you know, he takes a bump right away because Seth drops him with a punch. And then he goes hit the rope, does Seth, and next thing you know, Triple H has got that crutch, gets the heat on the knee, big time shots on the heat, knee, bends the crutch, the brace, knee brace, Jones, the whole nine, big heat, um, and then eventually, Triple H gets Seth Rollins, uh, I believe it was like a, look, they're both wearing black, but it seemed like an inverted figure four, reversed figure four, upside down Jones type thing, but... Um, forget that. The thing that was insanely awesome was the selling by Seth Rollins. Good God, that kid can sell his ass off. Great job of selling. Holy crap. Man, he could sell. And and it was awesome. I mean, I, it was, I envy that. I, I, I never had that ability. You know, I never was that good of a seller. I've talked about that before on my show. Believe me, my heart was in the right place. I've always wanted to sell. Just never could do it. But um, he he did it, like, phenomenally. I mean, it was just tremendous, tremendous, tremendous selling ability by uh, Seth Rollins. It really was tremendous. Um, And, and you got to give credit to Hunter. I mean, Hunter's heat, uh, his facial expressions, that the, you, you wanted to beat the piss out of Hunter. He's a great, great heel. And then you got... Seth, who's just going to become even a more better babyface, and he's a veteran. Seth, what what chemistry there? And this is obviously the ingredients of a story that's been brewing for a long, long time. So that also helps with all the things that are going on during the segment, during the physicality, during the promo, during the music when Seth comes out, all that stuff, all that time built into this angle done the right way, pushed the right way. That that's, that's how angles need to be done. And believe it or not, you can do that with more than, <laughs> more than just the boss, you know, meaning Triple H and, and, and one guy. You could do that with a whole roster of guys. You can. 
I'm not saying you, that all these guys can't fight or touch for a year or nothing like that. I'm not saying that. But you can put that kind of oomph in there. Wrestling was that way not too long ago. You can do that with all the angles. But I'm going to give you this little tidbit. In my professional viewpoint, you can't do that. You can't do that with all your men and women, your talent on the card from opening match to the end of the match by doing a plethora of disqualifications throughout the show. I know it's TV. I know it's raw. I, you know, People used to throw flags all the time on countouts, DQs, run-ins, F-job finishes, all this stuff. I usually don't, that stuff usually don't bother me. But I got to tell you, there was at least three DQs in the show. Uh, it was like a night of DQs. I mean, and it was simple, trite DQs. Like nothing, no creativity behind DQs. It's just my viewpoint. You can't, it just seemed like the rest of the show was thrown thrown away, in my in my opinion. And, and, just, and, and, and just to close out a great Raw. I mean, just close out Raw in a great way, I should say. And we've seen this recently. Where, you know, we find ourselves watching Raw and it's like, ah, it kind of sucked. But man, that last segment was sick. Oh, that was awesome. Ba, 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 ba. We, we've seen this. We've seen this. And next thing you know, it's like anything else. You only remember the last thing you saw. Well, that's exaggerating, but you get my drift. It's like you go home happy. <laughs> you know, the viewing audience at home, they go home happy because it was a great, tremendous ending. And as of recent, there's been other great, tremendous endings. And the Raw show, the other two hours and 20 minutes, hypothetically, was fair to Midland. You know, so-so. Seriously. You know, I mean, you know, starting, I got to be honest, like just starting the show, you know, whenever Heyman comes out and Brock, I love these guys. I respect them, know them, fans of theirs, nothing but respect, but... Great promo by Paul. I, I uh, uh, you know, Brock looked great. I, I don't, I don't know what got accomplished in that segment. I really don't know. I, I don't know what was accomplished there. Paul told us Goldberg wasn't there. Okay, so that's cool, but I, I, there was no new news. There was nothing. It was just an appearance to have Brock on the show. That's what I felt like it was. So, you know, so the way it started, I was like, I wasn't feeling that, to be honest. I, and it's not a disrespect towards Paul or Brock. I just um, just wasn't feeling there was, I just, I think a promo needs to have something in there. Something, um, and it's tough on Paul. You know, this guy cuts great promos. You can't always expect him uh, to have amazing content. I'm assuming they let Paul write his own promos and Vince probably... Give us some input or whatever. I'm assuming, you know, Paul don't need anybody writing his promos. And Paul's nine and three quarters out of the time knocks him out of the park. I mean, and his delivery was awesome as always. I just don't know what was there. You know, it was it was a hype thing, which is good. And, you know, just my viewpoint. But, you know, next time you see Paul on the air with Brock, you're going to forget about it. Because I feel like the way the writers wrote this show was just to give these guys an opening segment so we see Brock, and uh, and I, I have no problem with them one week Brock's there, one week, week Goldberg's not there. I have no problem if they did that up to the next 20 days of Mania. I really don't. Um, sorry, I had to take a sip of water here. So um, I had no problem with that part of it. I really didn't. Um, but 
meaning, meaning like if you're going to book it that way, where we don't see these two guys together until, you know, WrestleMania, I'm sure that's not going to happen. Um, um, real back, real, real quick, I'm sorry, just to back up a little bit, because I forgot to mention this. Um, during the Triple H, Seth Rollins business, a part of me was like waiting for Samoa Joe and or Kevin Owens together or individually to come out and get the heat, uh, you know, on Seth or something. Or Mick, I should say. That's why, that's when I first thought we'd see them. And that didn't happen. And then when Seth came out, I'm like, oh, they're going to send out, you know, Kevin and Joe here. And they didn't do that. And I got to say, that I thought was excellent. By not seeing those guys there, I think is a good thing. I really do. Because um, this sets the table big time for what's going to happen at Mania. Now, you got to assume they can go straight injury route where Seth can't work come Mania because of the heat that Hunter just put put on him. <laughs> um, which then eventually Seth's going to have to get his uh, shine back. Or he really is okay and they're going to work this injury and he's going to show up at Mania. It's intriguing. It's it's intriguing booking before 20 days before the biggest show of the year for them. Uh, but I did want to mention to Kevin Owens Samoa Joe that they were not present in that last segment. I did think that was interesting. Um, but the overview of what I was saying was, just so people are clear on what I'm saying, is like as hot as that ending was and as much shine that Seth has, as much heat as Hunter has and all that, it's awesome. It really is. Man, you got to figure out a way to, to to let that drip off on the rest of your card, the rest of your roster. You really got to figure that out because you got three hours of programming you're filling every week, you know. So, you know, um, uh, you, you can't, I just don't, I just don't think, I just think some of the talent needs, they need help. They need some talent enhancement. They need something. They need the storylines amped. Something needs to happen. There's something missing because, and Detroit, they're in Detroit, and that's one of the best wrestling towns in the country. Okay, seriously, I've had the opportunity to work there a whole bunch. My whole career, I've worked there. I mean, for all different promotions, from ECW, Independence, <clears throat> um, obviously WWE. I mean, I, I've worked there a whole bunch, and, and it's a great wrestling town. And those people, they were definitely fired up in that last segment, and they wanted, they wanted to pop on stuff, you know. I mean, it was it was, uh, you know, Dana Brooke, Sasha, you know, um, I, I, I the, the Dana Brooke turn came out of nowhere. I felt it was cool. I got a good reaction because it was different. Uh, meaning the turn on Charlotte, you know, that Dana Brooke did that. That was cool. I mean, uh, so we got to see where they're going there. You know, we got Mania around the block. I I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Um, something happened in this match that I was like, Ugh. Dana Brooke, I mean, and I usually, you know, I really always give the benefit of the doubt to the talent, but, um, Dana really just went for a backdrop and just, I cringed, cringed because she just bent down so quick and it was almost very, very telegraphed. And, and I, I just, that's very, uh, just, I, I'm just being frank. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but it's very Bush league. It's very, it's very green. It's, it's. Just bending over and then get kicked or punched, whatever it was that Sasha did. I, you know, and and I like Dana Brooke. I think she's 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 pretty cool. She got good energy. 
Uh, she showed that in her turn, but the little nuances is something that these talents got to work on. These younger talents got to fix. It's important. Very important. Um, you know, if you watch the true pros, the, the, the little moves in between, the little things they do in between moves are vital. Um, you know, Charlotte's promo before Dana turned on her was excellent. When she got in the face of Dana, she, you really wanted to just, like, strangle Charlotte. It was like, I didn't expect that. It just came out of nowhere. I mean, so, but it was good. It was cool. I mean, by Dana doing what she did to Charlotte. It was. Um, I, I, I liked it a lot. Um, other thing I want to say, I thought these two, these four guys had a really good match, a tag match with Perkins and Tozawa and uh, Kendrick and Nice in the tag match. And uh, Nisi Kendrick won the match. But I got to be honest here. <laughs> the Kendrick Lessons gimmick. You know what, uh, Tazawa? I, I, it, it's just not. It's just not clicking. It's not. I, I. I don't. I mean, they. They've done this in several buildings, and and on these raw shows, I, I haven't really watched two or five a lot. But good gosh, it's really not getting over. It's not, and they're they're showing like a one minute B roll to help get the thing over. So I, I mean, I give them credit for giving this a shot, trying to make talent. I don't want to talk on both sides of my mouth because early in this this podcast here, I said. You know, you got to make other talent. You got to, you know, this lessons gimmick. I I appreciate them trying to to get over a talent with it. Even I love Brian. I I respect Brian Kendrick, but he he's in the twilight of his career. Let's be honest. So you're putting that time in him doing the lessons gimmick. It's helping Tazawa a little, but you know, because Tazawa can't really cut the right promos. I guess even though I've heard the guy talk, he's not bad. He does the yelling gimmick, which is starting to get a little annoying. But but the lessons deal with Kendrick, it's just maybe you guys feel different. I don't know. It just doesn't really do it for me. Um, it doesn't. Uh, then we saw Kevin Owens. He cut a promo, and then uh, Kevin Owens and Joe end up segueing into a tag match against Chris Jericho and Sammy, uh, Sammy Zayn. And here was a DQ here. The heels got disqualified. You know, Joe and Kevin Owens and um. You know, uh, Kevin Owens and Joe, they doubled up on, on Sammy, and and and, uh, and then they ended up beating up on Jericho. So, I mean, they, they obviously want to get heat on these two guys in that alliance or whatever's going on. And I know there was something at a house show. I don't know where it was, a Buffalo, wherever the heck it was. I don't even know. Where it was like a standoff with, what, Joe, Kevin Owens, Triple H. I'm not looking at this, and I'm going to get it wrong. I know Finn Balor was there. And I got nothing left. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the other two guys, but I know that they, they the, the heels were Triple H, um, Joe, and Kevin. I believe that's what it was. So there's something brewing there, and, and by them tagging up Joe and uh, Owens, which is a cool team, um, but it's it's not about the team. It's about individual angles. Obviously, that's where they're going for WrestleMania here. So uh, then what we see, we saw the uh, New Day thing. Uh, now they got the New Day talking nonstop. Now they're backstage doing it. And like a, a promo set, I don't know, like a set. I don't know what's going on. And Big Show came out. Who, man, I don't know if it's me or what, but Big Show looked taller than I've ever seen him. I'm thinking, is this guy standing on? They got him on like a platform or something. Like he looks like a giant next to the New Day, like a giant. Well, pardon the pun, but he literally looked like a freaking giant. Like, I'm like, well, you know, the New Day, these guys aren't gigantically tall, but they're not up to, like, you know, <laughs> Big Show's belly button. And then when Titus came in, he's a big dude. 
He looked like a giant, so I don't know what was going on. Maybe it was some kind of a little uh, kabuki set design gimmick going on. Who knows? I hate to pull back the curtain too much, but sometimes that happens. Well, who knows? I mean, I just thought that Big Show looked really, 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 really tall there. And they ended up shooting an angle where it segued into a match in the ring because uh, Titus pushed the Big Show, which led to Big Show getting the ring with him later on, basically just eating him up with a bunch of choke slams and pinned him. Really wasn't much to write home about with that deal. Um... But uh, then we saw little, uh, Enzo and Cass in another tag match here with Cesaro and Sheamus. This ended in a disqualification, double disqualification. And then Anderson and Gallows came out, beat up Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, I like that they're pushing, you know, the the you know Gallows and Anderson. I do. Um, I like these guys. Um, if you notice their T-shirts, it's kind of got that Bullet Club logo look, what they got going on there, same colors, same look. Uh, I hate to be that guy, I gotta tell you, I just, <laughs> I don't think they should have did that, but I, I know that they're original guys or whatever the heck it is, the Bullet Club, but, you know, if you're not doing a Bullet Club all the way, I don't, in my opinion, doing graphics on a shirt, I, I'd say, you know, lead the Bullet Club to the Bullet Club, evolve into something different, design the shirt a little different until maybe... You do a rebirth of the Bullet Club in the WWE because you have all the components besides Kenny Omega and, and a couple other guys. You know, you got AJ, you got Finn, you know, you got you got Gallows, Anderson. Uh, I'm probably missing someone, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm just saying. I, I don't. I wouldn't have did that with the shirts. God, I feel like I'm really being negative here tonight or today, whatever you're listening to this. I don't know. It's weird doing this. I haven't done this like this in like a long time. Old school human podcast machine style. Really, this is like strange, you know? So, um, what else was I going to say? So, the Jinder, Jinder, uh, Jinder versus Roman. Um, Jinder looks great. I mean, he looks great. He's ripped. He's got himself in great shape. We've seen it over the past few weeks. He's leaned out a lot. Um, you know, he's, uh, uh, his work looks great too. I mean, there, there was a good false finish here where they hit that gong while Roman Reigns was doing his business, and, and it was the Undertaker gong, and then we saw Roman Reigns turn around. I'm like, oh, I know when Roman turns back towards Jinder, he's going to get hit with something, and sure enough, he got hit with a beautiful knee. And I'm thinking, they had me hooked for a minute. I'm like, this is a great false finish. That would be a huge upset, and that would have been a nice shock and awe moment how you make a guy you know, make a guy more than he is, and they didn't do it. <laughs> they had a chance right there to beat Roman, have Jinder get the win, and it's not going to hurt Roman. Uh, some people might think I'm crazy for saying that going into WrestleMania. It's not going to hurt Roman at all. No one's going to remember that. Just don't remind them of it. It's going to help Jinder. You know, really, it's going to help him. That's, that's good good for him to be the top guy. And they had it set up perfectly to, to do that, you know, so it was. they had a good chance to do that. They really did. But they didn't do it, you know. So what are you going to do? Um, but neither here or there. Jinder looked great. Uh, he really did. And he, um, uh, it, it takes a lot to get your body in that kind of shape. I mean, I've never been that ripped in my life. There's been times early, early, early in my career where I've leaned out. And it, it all comes down to diet and cardio and cardio and diet. And drinking gallons of water. <laughs> so... I know a lot of you guys that and girls that listen to this or watch my show, a lot of you guys train. Some of you guys don't, but the guys that train and girls that train, you know what I mean? It's tough to get that lean 
Um, and for those that don't train, I'm just letting you know, it's hard. It's hard to do what that guy's doing to his body. He's very ripped. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a guy that lean in, in, in the wrestling business, you know, like years. I mean, like ripped lean, bodybuilder-esque. So, uh, you know, he, but I, 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 you know, I, I like him. I, I think he's, he works hard and, and he, his timing's great. Just again, go back and watch that knee when, when the gong hit and Roman turned around and ate that knee. Roman took a great bump. He sold it right. And they had a chance there to, you know, do a huge upset and, and they didn't. It's not the end of the world, but, you know, ends up being Roman wins the match. But, um, I'm just saying that right there is a chance that you could make gender. That that's my point. Um, no, another little surprise. I, I think it was a surprise. I didn't hear of him being announced. When Roman calls out Undertaker, they go to commercial break. They come back from commercial break, and who's there? HPK. You know, he comes out. So I thought um, that was a cool little surprise, and again, a promo that I don't really know what it was about. I mean, it kind of just seemed like. It's good pop for the crowd and a good rub for Roman, I guess. He's in there with HPK. Um, HPK was just trying to tell him, beware, I guess, you know. And, and uh, you know, I think Roman Reigns said the right thing. Some people on Twitter were like, felt like Roman shouldn't have acted like that and disrespected him or say he's going to beat The Undertaker or disrespect Shawn Michaels. What, what, you guys, you, you got to think here. <laughs> Roman said exactly what he should say. They're trying to build him as a kick-ass babyface, guys. Kick-ass babyface. And that's how kick-ass babyfaces act. They don't give a rat's ass about nobody. They don't give a shit what anybody thinks. They do what they got to do. It's that simple. That's it. That's how kick-ass babyfaces should act. You know, he, he showed respect to HPK, and they got to the point like, okay, dude, what are you doing here? Okay, he retired, you take it, and I'm going to retire him. I think the promo was great. And I'm not usually a fan of Roman's promo work, but I, I, I thought he did an excellent job. Seriously. I loved it. <laughs> well, maybe love is a strong word. I liked it. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's... And, and the attack then came from um, uh, Braun Strowman on the ramp, um, which uh, another thing that came out of nowhere was a nice surprise. I got to tell you, physically, I think they were a little off here. I, I, I got a feeling that Braun wanted to hit him with a clothesline because um, he hit him across his chest. And Roman, I mean, it was just like he blindsided him, Braun did, I guess. He's so big, right? And he kept replaying it, and the slow-mo was a nice touch. But if you watch the bump that Roman took down that ramp, in between the ramp and the steel guardrail, I'm telling you from experience... That in between that guardrail and that ramp is all heavy steel metal. That dude rolled quick, hard into that stuff. That had hurt. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that's some heavy. Those guardrails. Those of you that have uh, been to WWE events and sat in the Iowa area, those guardrails are so heavy steel. Not around the ring. Up by the ramp, super heavy steel, and he really landed hard in that thing. Like where he rolled in between with the lights there, wiring. It was very well done that part of it. I don't think the spot was what they wanted. I think he was thinking clothesline, you know. But um, didn't matter. It accomplished what they needed to accomplish. Uh, then we saw Aries Raw debut, 
which is nice to see Austin out there. Him and Davari. Davari seems like uh, the guy as of late that's just with the 205, guy, 205 Live guys. This poor kid can't catch a win, you know, I mean, for the most part. I mean, he's just been a fall guy. I, I think they like him. He looks great, and he bumps great, and, you know, I thought him and Aries had a really good match. Um, I like the story that, that Davari attacked the eye, and the announcers did a good job reminding us of, of, of the surgery that Austin had, and that's why he's been out. Um, it was a really scary bump in this match. I think the boy's timing might have been off a tad. Something was up. Uh, knee breaker by Austin Aries into a back suplex. And um, Davari, I think, might have over, maybe over-rotated in the air or something. That guy didn't get hurt. Man. He landed really nasty. So, um, and I know Nia Jax wrestled Bailey. That was a DQ. I didn't see the whole match. I caught the tail end. It was a DQ. So here's another DQ for you. And by the way, Austin Aries did defeat uh, Davari. So they're building it big time here with him and uh, him and um, Neville. So, it, which is going to be tremendous. I've been talking about that on the show, as you guys know. And then we saw, uh, I'm missing something. We saw the Mick firing gimmick with Steph and Triple H. And I talked about that at the beginning, you know. So, I mean, all in all, I didn't think it was that good of a Raw. I mean, I, I thought the last segment was was tr- tremendous. I thought it was great. But you can't just, in my opinion, just rely on last segments. you you got to have good shows, you know, the whole show. Or at least, it's hard to do that every week, I know, but at least, you know, more segments than one. Got to be a, a, a big home run, you know, seriously. Can't do that. So um, I don't think they mean to. I, I know they don't mean to. It's just sometimes they don't come off right. But they, they've been booking this Triple H and Seth thing the right way. They've been milking some heat with Stephanie and Mick. So they've been telling the right story. They've put a lot of real estate into that story, and, and it shows. So, uh, again, that's it. Look, man, I appreciate uh, you guys jumping on and checking us out. Sorry we could not do the live show. Um, and hopefully you guys are all dealing with the snowstorm. Anybody here in the Northeast, okay? And, and uh, for you people out on the West Coast in Florida... In Texas, where you're dealing with nice weather, well, shame on you. Um, <laughs> and again, this is weird doing this because I have not done a, a, a human podcast feel uh, show in a long time. So it's very strange that the sound effects store is actually closed uh, this evening as I taped this. And that's a very strange thing for me. So <laughs> I love the sound effects store. So uh, regardless... Um, be back live hopefully on Wednesday. Um, as long as we can get in, we're gonna get a lot of snow, but I'm, I'm gonna give my best effort, and we're gonna hopefully have the building open. And uh, like I said, Mike Johnson will be on. Jump on the March Madness thing; it's fun. It's free to join. It's uh, CBS Sports app. Download that. I think that's free too. So it's all good. And uh, I think this week Dennis Jones, the lumberjack, his shirt will drop. I apologize for nothing. The green shirt, and probably the week after that. The uh, running the game shirt, uh, my new running the game shirt will probably drop both at clothesline.com. And uh, that's about it, guys. So, um, look, I hope you guys are having a good day or night or whatever. And I appreciate the support and you guys always helping grow the Taz show and all the interaction on, um, you know, on social media. I, I do appreciate it. You know, on my daily live show, I have a lot of fun. Um, 85% of the times, I'm effing around and goofing around, just having fun. Um, except when I'm talking about stuff like this, where I'm, if I'm giving you a true insight on a match or a storyline, or even if we're talking sports a little here and there, but, you know, I just have, try to have a good time and 
get everybody away from uh, reality in life because sometimes reality sucks, right? So, so that's the deal. So, but I do appreciate appreciate all the support that you guys have given to the show for so long now, and 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 that we just keep on trucking along and, and running the game and doing our stuff, and we over in the whole nine. So, um, love you guys, and I appreciate it very much. And for no one here at the Taz Show, because this, this is kind of an HPM, I don't even know what the heck this is. I'm Taz, you're not, and uh, we'll be back at you live, live on Wednesday, hopefully. All right, thanks again, guys. Adios. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said I was raised in the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I want to go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page. But these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid. Now, I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at, to go and pour another drink just to get away, we gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay, I'm hoping I won't let you go, yeah. I left my heart in the city. Back since I was shooting hoops, new issues, you know what I've been going through. And it's for the team, no, I go for my dreams. I've been on tours and screens, but I'm more than it seems. She talk business, and that's what I'm about, kid. It ain't for the money, it's for helping our kids get what they deserve. I'm sick with every word, and if I ain't real, you ain't gotta play this verse. I'm more formal, raps is post-mortal, I kill flows. They say fame's to smash more hoes. I teleport over most artists, kid. Deliver dope lines just like the post office did. Whether it's on the track or streets, I keep it authentic. I did some things in the past, I gotta repent it. But no man's perfect, that's why I'm still alive. To, to keep reflecting, to keep this car and driving. I'm hoping I won't let